This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest, and is for entertainment purposes only. 95% of traders fail. And we accept that as a truth, as that's just the norm. And I took a look at that. I'm like, well, why are we accepting that? Why can't we do something different and change that? So I pieced together what I think is a very fair assumption. If you look at most courses, you look at most mentorships, they pretty much more or less all offer the same thing, right? You got your community chats, you got your PDFs, you got your videos, et cetera, et cetera. There is no real difference between how these people are being taught and people are still losing. So maybe, just maybe, there's a connection between how traders are learning from their mentors and how many traders are actually failing. But the problem is, and this is kind of how I close the gap with from what I've seen from my losing students, is that discipline, patience, consistency, trusting your process, all these things that feel good when you hear them, but don't actually make you good, they are outcomes. They are not things you do. They are things you are or become. So in order to be disciplined, what are the actions and habits that create that? I've seen that the winners have closed that gap, whether they meant to or not. And now I want to talk about, you know, the mentors for a sec. I don't think they're intentionally making this mistake. I just think they aren't aware of it. And the people who have found success in trading have just come by naturally, but haven't been able to put it into words or onto paper, onto the computer for somebody else to learn. From that, I have a series of processes. All right. I have something called the show method. You don't need to know any more than you already know. Skill and education and knowledge is not lacking in this industry. What is lacking is that gap to create the way to fill in that gap between the skill, which is a strategy, and the outcome, which is discipline, patience, successful trading, which are all one and the same. Episode 225. Folks, we've got Tyler Malone back on the show here after two years, and he's been on a bit of a journey where he's come up with some amazing insights about the whole industry, the whole trading industry, and why so many people struggle. Uh, He's also managed to implement some of these insights and explains how they all work in today's interview. Um, Alongside that, we've did a back testing video with Tyler afterwards, so you're going to get to see a bit about his strategy and find out the biggest mistake you're probably making in your own back testing, and maybe the reason why you hate doing the back testing if you're not doing it. So that's all coming up here on Trading Up. But before we jump into it, let's hear from my sponsor. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got a familiar face in the house again. We've got Tyler Malone back on the show after two and a half years, mid-pandemic. It was the last time <laughs> you were on. Welcome back. What a lot's changed in the world since then. Oh, yeah, and it's it's amazing to be back. I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, but uh, I wanted there to be some big changes happening first before I could come on this and actually provide some uh, value and very valuable advice, essentially, that yeah. uh, people really need to hear. And I think what 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 what's, what we're going to talk about today, what Tyler's going to talk about today, is is probably going to blow your mind because it is, is a complete perspective shift to a lot of the things I think you've heard in previous shows or around the internet, etc. So hopefully this could be the answer to you know what's missing <laughs> from your trading if you still haven't made it uh, as a successful trader yet. So, um, but before we dive into that, I just want to sort of touch base on what have you been up to in the past couple of years? Oh man, I've been all over the world. So the last time that we had our 
our our last our last uh, call. Um, I was still living in Canada. I'm for anyone who doesn't know, I'm, I'm from Northern Canada. And uh, shortly after that, I moved to Mexico for six months because I said, you know what, sick of this winter. And if you've ever been to Northern Canada or you've ever heard of it, it is just unhabitable. They're <laughs> inhabitable. And, you know, spent some time in Mexico um, and then went back to Canada because it wasn't quite what I what I had expected, what I needed. And uh, and then the fall of 2021, I ended up taking a trip to Europe and landed in Spain, checked it out. And from the airport ride to my Airbnb in the city I live in now in Spain, I just looked around and I said, yeah, this is it. So I got everything together. And by the end of January 2022, I had an apartment in Spain and I've been here ever since. Well, and you're loving Spain? Oh my God, it is just, it's something else, the lifestyle here. And, you know, as traders, we always talk about uh, being free and, you know, living by your own terms. And, you know, we can all relate to that, but you don't really know how it truly feels to do that until you come into a, a place like this, where it's perpetual summer, where the, the it has all the amenities of the developed world, but still the laid back feel of a vacation hotspot at the same time. Yeah. So it's, it's the best of everything. And, you know, being, you know, a traveler that I have been my entire life, it seems only fitting that I, I landed here. Yeah. It's always been one of the places that I, I think I said, maybe a friend asked me 10 years ago, where would you want to be? Where would you want to live? And I said, Spain, I'd love to live sort of Southern Spain, Mm-hmm. Um, for maybe a couple of years, just the, I just remember the tappers. That's all I remember is like when I was there last. Um, right, let's dive into this uh, this trading related chat that we're going to have. So, uh, to start off with, I mean, I, I know a lot of it's to do with you being a mentor uh, mm-hmm. to students and how you've sort of decided to shift what you or how you go about teaching or I suppose molding students. I mean, do you want to start off by giving us some background as to what you're going to talk about today? Yeah. So when we talk last, and actually it's a great starting point when we, we start from where we talked last, is I was kind of taking the traditional route, right? It's like I saw what other people were doing. I'm like, okay, hey, that's working, but people are still failing. So what can I do differently in order to you know, make a, big, a bigger and better impact? And so I developed my my very first course that I sold or that I, I provided to everybody after our last call. And it worked really well. I mean, I was turning over traders in about you know four to five to six months. They were learning the strategy. They were learning the skill. Um, we were doing a very, very, very heads-on psychology approach. Um, and actually above that, we we took a very philosophical approach because in the meantime, I had got to, gotten really big into Stoicism, which is an ancient Roman philosophy. And I realized how, mon- how many parallels it had with the the characteristics and the traits that we need as traders in order to succeed. And so I'm like, you know what? People could benefit from this. So I built a course around the main concepts of that philosophy and it worked really well. Uh, But at the same time, I was noticing that I was having the same problems with my students that everyone still has. They were having, you know, my people were still asking, well, what's next? Well, what do I do now? And, and I'm sitting back and I'm just like, well, what, what can we do different? What's, what am I doing wrong here? All right. And, you know, I made the one mistake that every mentor makes. And I, you know, I, and most of these things that I'm going to be talking about today 
uh, I'm guilty of. And the reason why I can speak on them is because I've done them and I've corrected that behavior or that perspective in order to help everyone else in a different manner. And I took a look at what mentors were doing. And what I realized is almost every mentor was saying, I can teach you how to trade, but I can't, uh, I can't give you good results. You have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what was happening is that these mentors were sitting there saying, Hey, I'm going to teach you how, but if, if you mess up, if you screw up, it's not my fault. But then, you know, a couple minutes later, they get a text from another student who just made a thousand dollars in a day and they're posting it on their social media saying I'm responsible for that win. And <laughs> right. that, that didn't sit right with me. I'm like, these guys are, these guys are paying, you know, these mentors are getting part of my friends, shit, tons of money from the people watching this podcast from everybody out there. And they're not going to be beside you. If you lose, you know, that is, that doesn't, that's not right. You know, if, if a kid grows up to be a dick, who's, whose fault is it? It's the parents, right? Mm-hmm. If a team has a losing season, who gets fired? The coach. Why should us as mentors be any different? And so I took a much more accountable approach saying, you know, I'm responsible for every single result, win or lose. Now, does that mean I'm going to give uh, my, my, the traders who lose their accounts, their money back? No, obviously. But what I will be able to do is take the lessons that I learned from the people who don't succeed to make that program and that mentorship that much stronger, more powerful for the next person. And now the second biggest uh, uh, piece of clarity that I got was I realized that, you know, every, if you get into trading, what's the one number that everyone says in terms of percentage of traders who fail, it's always 95%, right? And I actually think you recently had an individual on here who, who you made a quote about that, 95% of traders fail. And we accept that as a truth, as, as that's just the norm. And I took a look at that. I'm like, well, why are we accepting that? Why can't we do something different and change that? And so I pieced together a what I think is a very fair assumption. And it's, if you look at most courses, you look at most mentorships, they pretty much more or less all offer the same thing, right? You got your community chats, you got your PDFs, you got your videos, et cetera, et cetera. Um, There is no real difference between how these people are being taught and people are still losing. So maybe... Just maybe there's a connection between how traders are learning from their mentors and how many traders are actually failing. And so from that is that was basically the ground floor of what I'm doing now. That's very interesting. That's like, I've got to say, out of all the interviews and we're up to well over 200 here, nobody's ever sort of talked about this particular aspect, which is the trader that goes into a course and loses and you never hear about them again. Right. So, and you're, I'm intrigued to find out, A, what your stoic course was, sort of how you formatted that, number one, mm-hmm. and then two, how you how you sort of glean this information from the losing traders that had come through and gone through either the stoic course or some other course that you created. Yeah, so we'll start with the stoicism. Um, if anybody's familiar with that, it is the grandfather or because it's 2000 years old the grand 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 grandfather to modern day behavioral cognitive psychology or cognitive behavioral psychology cbt which is by and large known as the most effective form of therapy and the central thesis is control what you can let go of what you can't all right you know the only thing we have control of are our actions 
No, we don't even have control over our thoughts or our feelings because a lot of things that we think and feel are instinctual. They're reactive. But what we do control is how we how we respond to it. You know, do we press buy or sell because we have FOMO? That is our fault, right? That is what we have control mm-hmm. over. But we don't have control over anything else on this planet, anything else in this universe. And so separating that that uh, the difference between what we can control and what we can't, we can now hit the market with a, a, a much more grounded and I don't even know the word for it. We'll stick with ground, much more grounded approach so that we know that we are going to feel certain things. We can't help what we feel, right? You know, people say trade like a robot. They, and they think that means trade emotionless. Well, that's actually not what it, what it means. It means trade your make decisions like a robot would. We're humans, okay? We are pieces of meat fueled by electricity and we're going to be irrational. We're going to feel things, all right? So what stoicism really does is it helps you compartmentalize those emotions and still do the right thing anyways, all right? And so bringing that into a course was very effective, right? You know, we created some supercharged minds, some supercharged souls, everything like that. But I was still making the same mistakes that mentors were making because I wasn't providing um, a way to fill the gap from being a trader to, or sorry, from learning how to trade to being a trader. So if we think about it, all right, we, we, we ask, what are the most necessary skills in trading? Okay. And people say, okay, you need discipline. Well, you need patience. You need consistency. You need all these buzzwords that you hear all over social media that people, you know, hashtag facts, hashtag truth to all the time. But the problem is, and this is this is kind of how I close the gap with the uh, from what I've seen from my losing students, um, is that discipline, patience, consistency, uh, trusting your process, all these things that feel good when you hear them, but don't actually make you good. They are outcomes. Okay, they are not things you do. They are things you are or become. All right. So in order to be disciplined, what are the action that, actions and habits that create that, right? If you take one trade, one good trade, according to your rule or your rules, are you disciplined? No, right? You take a hundred good trades. Then we can start talking about how you are disciplined. All right, folks, I'm here at Blackpool Markets Headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. So what are the actions and habits that will allow you to take those 100 good trades? So what we're doing is we're taking a much more process oriented approach versus an outcome approach. Mm. And one of the things I realized, because like every other trader, like every other mentor, I've taken probably 20 courses. I've taken, you know, pirated ones online. I've, I've paid for them. I've learned from mentors. I've had one-on-ones. And I realized at the end of the day, they're saying, you know, psychology is, is everything you need to learn. Uh, trading is all about mindset, but that's where it stops. I'm, well, if it's all about mindset and psychology, then why are you focusing, focusing so much on the thing that doesn't matter as much, which is the strategy? So we have to flip it on its head. And when we do that, we start to see that these things that we think we need are really just the end result of what we should actually be doing. And so from those losers and from the winners, because I, I, would, I would compare the winners and the losers, I've seen that the winners have closed that gap, whether they meant to or not. And now I want to talk about, you know, the mentors for a sec. 
I don't think they're intentionally making this mistake. I just think they aren't aware of it. And the people who have found success in trading have just come by it naturally, but haven't been able to put it into words or onto paper, or onto the computer for somebody else to learn. All right. So I, from that, I have a series of processes. All right. I have something called the show method, skill, habit, outcome. All right. Now, when you get your traditional course, all right, you get your traditional mentorship, you learn the skill and the skill is the strategy. All right. And then what happens is you learn the strategy and then they're saying, okay, go trade. The most commonly asked question I got in my first rendition of my course was what's next. All right. Like there is no plan to go what's next with most courses. And so I created one because I felt that from what I've seen around the trading sphere, from the people that I've helped is everyone is skilled enough. You got everyone watching this podcast. I'm telling you right now, you don't need to know any more than you already know. Skill and education and knowledge is not lacking in this industry. What is lacking is that gap to create or the, the way to fill in that gap between the skill, which is a strategy and the outcome, which is discipline, patience, successful trading, which are all one and the same. You know, be, you become disciplined at the same time you become a successful trader. All right. So you, they, they aren't, they aren't interdependent. They are, are the same thing. Mm. And so when you, when you forget about the outcome, right. And the outcome ends up being live trading, right. It doesn't matter if you want to be a millionaire. It doesn't matter if you want to just pay for your groceries, you know, the out, you have to, you have to be able to trade live for that. And so the outcome we've kind of bundled into just saying it's live trading. Well, in order to go take the skill to get the outcome, what we have to do is find out which actions and habits are required to repeat over and over again to achieve that outcome. Now, the beautiful thing about this is it is not a method. It's not a strategy. It is a model. All right. And so what I mean by model is it becomes a framework where you can pick and choose the things you want to focus on and fit them in there. So in the skill part with the strategy, any strategy can fit there. It doesn't matter. All right. In the habits, well, all strategies need the same habits. In the outcome, well, all strategies, we want to end up at the same outcome. So what you've created is now you, you, you've taken this idea of trading out of its box and you've made strategy. The strategy is no longer the focus. It is simply a subset from an even bigger picture. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, I've sort of had this in the back of my mind for a long time that habit is a major part of trading right and mm -hmm. finding that habit let's call it a routine habit whatever you want to call it it's that sort of regular thing that you do which essentially instills the discipline right because if you've got that yeah. habit then all of a sudden it's easier to be disciplined because you're just going through the same process and all the routine every single time which yep makes it harder to break because if it's random if you haven't got a habit it's, it's going to be random right and if you're random exactly. then you're basically you're just doing whatever there's no discipline that comes with randomness so it's mm -hmm. so do you want to how did you um how did you because you're probably the one of the first people to actually talk about the habit um as being a thing i mean how did you sort of come up with like what was your aha moment around like this is where people are falling down the habit they've got a habit <laughs> Well, uh, it was really just human nature in general. Um, when you take a look at 
how we behave and the things we believe. Uh, let's start out. Let's be a little bit. Let's let's be a little bit pragmatic with our train of thoughts. Okay, so let's start the outcome. Let's reverse engineer this. All right, to get an outcome, so to get the thing we want. Okay, we have to become the person that gets that thing. All right, and now people say, you know, actions not words. Well, I say patterns not actions. So actions and patterns are what make you who you are. All right, you can say that you're, you know you're a marathon runner as much as you want, but if you don't run marathons, you are not a marathon runner, right? So in order to do those things that make you that person to get that goal, you have to make the decisions that lead to those actions, all right? Now, when we talk about decisions, well, what drives the things that we decide, all right? It's our beliefs and values, which we hold to get, which we hold to be true. And now this is where it gets a little bit tricky, because this is where almost, I would say, actually every single trading uh, issue stems from is the beliefs and values we hold to be true. For example, if we believe that more trades equals more money, which we all know that less is more in the industry, and we refuse to budge from that, we will never, ever be able to make the decisions that lead to the actions or patterns that lead to the person we are to get the outcome. So how do we shift the beliefs and values that we hold to be true, perspective. At the end of the day, it's perspectives. Now, we always say psychology is the most important part of trading. Well, that's that's only half true because you don't do psychology. How do you work on psychology? Psychology is just an overarching concept over you know habits, mm -hmm. outcomes, behavioral, you know, all that stuff, right? And so when we can specifically define these things that drive uh, who we are, what we do, the way we think, we really, it all comes down to how do you see the world? How do you see the things in front of you? How do you see the charts? It's all perspective, right? And so that that sounds all well and good. But unfortunately, like I said, humans are irrational animals. We are, you know, slaves to our emotions, if you will. But when we can quantify or put numbers to a behavior or to an action or to a habit, that's when everything changes. Right. So when we want, so when we want to talk about habits, right? You talk about the one trade versus being not being disciplined versus a hundred trades being disciplined. What's the thing that we can do to take those hundred trades according to our rules every single time? Back test and get your data. Data acquisition is the most important part of trading, the act of trading, right? Mm -hmm. Now the most important part of being a trader is something completely different, which we'll touch upon shortly, I hope. But right now, it's your habits of trading properly according to your rules are going to be driven by the data you acquire backtesting. So let me go into that a little bit further. All right, we do not collect data to prove that we're right. We don't collect data to show how much money we can make, right? Because it doesn't matter how much money your strategy makes. If you can't trade the strategy as it's supposed to be traded, you will never make the money that you're promised when you're backtesting. So when we backtest, it is solely for data. And what we have to do with that data matters. And the very first and foremost thing is we have to be able to compare past performance to current performance. So let's say you have two traders, okay? Trader one, trader two. Trader one and trader two, exact same strategy, exact same mentor. Trader one has no data, no backtesting. Trader two knows all the, all the, the metrics that go along with the strategy. Right? So they, they know that they're supposed to win, let's say, 60% of their trades. 
All right. They know they have an average RR of two to one when they win, right? Metrics like that. Trader one doesn't know this. You hit a losing skid. Okay. So let's say, you know, that 60% win, uh, win rate turns into 20% win rate. Okay. So they lose two out of 10 versus six out of 10. All right. Who do you think is more likely to continue to trade the strategy? The guy who knows that historically they're supposed to win 60% or the person who doesn't. It's going to be trader number two. Mm. And the reason why is because we treat it like we're counting cards in blackjack. And for those of you who don't know how to count cards, um, this is exactly what I mean by that. And those of you who do, uh, please forgive me. Um, I might butcher it a little bit. But basically, what a card counter in blackjack does it, is they keep tally of what's in the deck. All right. They know when there's big cards in the deck to be played and they know when they've already been played. So they know if they're going to hit a couple losers or they know that they have a higher probability of hitting those blackjacks and taking that big money. And that's when they know um, how to manage their expectations. And so what we do is we do the exact same thing. All right. We realize, you know, we have a 60% win rate. Trader two has a 60% win rate. He's lost eight out of 10 trades. So he has a 20% win rate. But over a thousand trades should be sixty. Does that mean that he's his losing streak means his strategy isn't working? No, it actually means that he's more likely to hit a winning streak because that's how probabilities work. And so what we do is we weaponize these probabilities based on the data that we've acquired to mitigate our emotions because now we can manage our expectations appropriately. And so by doing that, we've now taken a perspective of. This is, we, we, our perspective is we let the math do the talking, right? We don't take a trade based on how we feel, based on what's going on, because you're going to feel all sorts of things. All you need to do is look at the hard numbers and say, okay, I'm supposed to win six out of 10 trades. I've only won two out of 10 trades, all right? The next 10 should actually be 10 out of 10. If not, I'll probably hit an 18 out of 20 over the next 20. And then you can start comparing. You can say, if I'm underperforming, I should be overperforming pretty soon to bring it back to the baseline. And then the other way, Right. If you've, if you've, uh, what did I say? If you've, if you have a six out of ten uh, win win rate, but you've won ten out of ten, you can now expect the opposite. You're saying, well, I've won a lot more than I usually should. So when I lose, I know what's going to happen. This cannot keep up forever. But the thing is, here's the thing: is we don't know when those winning streaks start or end. We don't know when we're going to lose. We don't know when that's going to end. The key to trading in this sense is to always be able to take the next trade according to the rules. And so that is the first thing that data does for us to help create those habits. It helps us to always take the next trade because we always know where we're in, uh, in regard, in terms of the count or the count of the markets, right? Like we're counting cards. And so that is one of the biggest perspective shifts that I had when I realized that we can quantify these things. All right. And now the second biggest thing about this is this allows us to take this trading live. And when we take it live, we can now see, all right, I'm supposed to be getting these numbers. All right. But now for some reason, when I'm live, I'm not getting them. You now know where to look. So you've created a, not what, like I said, not a strategy, but a model of being able to pick and choose and change things at will because you are aware of everything that goes on with your strategy, the strengths, weaknesses, and you are able to manage your expectations. And by manage your expectations, you mitigate your emotions. Because if you expect a losing streak because you've been winning too much, why would you be upset if you expected it? Right? Versus if you if you get a if you expect to have a winning streak because you've been losing so much, 
why are you going to over trade and over leverage because you're now on a winning streak? It just helps you trade the plan exactly how it's supposed to be. So when we talk about trusting the process, this is how you do it. You quantify, you add numbers, because as soon as you get those hard numbers in there, the math does the talking, not you. Mm. It's a, it is very like, I mean, it, it rings a lot of bells here in terms of, uh, I mean, I was talking to a, a friend the other day who, who had done exactly that back tested something. Uh, I think it was a hundred trades and it was like a really high win rate strategy, 90%. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the risk to award wasn't always great, but um, the win rate was high and then went live. It played out and then uh but then he knew the times that didn't play out were when the emotional side kicked in and he started mm-hmm. breaking the rules because his problem was he got too used to the fact that 90% win rate, you're winning all the time, right? So mm-hmm. when you get a loser, it's like, well, I don't want to take a loser anymore. So all of a sudden your psychology <laughs> kicks in and yeah. it's something you had to sort of try and get over to, um, to, but he knew that the numbers were there to back him up. So if yeah. he just went back to what he was doing, he's going to start winning trades again. Uh, exactly. So, tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? Introducing my Robot Builders Club. With our platform, you can build bots in minutes, not weeks, without any coding required. Get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my Robot Lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot. How on earth do you structure a course that sort of... uh, encompasses all this so that people can follow the process and how do you make sure that that these guys who would normally be losing traders that exit your course you never hear hear of them again turn them around into into winning traders i mean what do you how do you keep people on there on that path well once again we got to go back to how mentorships operate and how courses operate right it's the mentor or the teacher whatever you want to call them they have a course and they want people to come over to the side of the fence to learn it all right I have not seen the mentor go the other way. Trading or your strategy, uh, first off, um, this is kind of the thing that I, w- I talked about earlier that I hope we talk about shortly. And a lot of you are going to be sitting back and probably fall off your chairs when I say this, but your strategy, the strategy you trade is the least important thing out of all the things that matter, right? Scalping, swinging, doesn't matter. What really matters is, does that strategy fit in your lifestyle? All right. There's, there's nothing above and beyond that. You could literally have a, the best win rate with the best RR with, you know, objectively the best strategy on the planet. But if you live a life where you can't trade it according to the rules that, that are required, you will never take advantage of that. And this is, this is kind of where your question gets answered because we, we always say trading's not one size fits all yet mentors trade or they teach one size fits all, right? And so what I did is I took that whole overarching model approach. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to teach the strategy centered around the strategy. I'm going to use my strategy as a measuring stick for someone to create their own personal and unique way of trading, because we're all different. We have to accept that. All right. We all have different perspectives. You know, we have, we're just so unique in so many ways. So the strategy that I created it came from my perspective of the world 
the beliefs and values that I hold to be true based on the decisions that I've made that led to the actions that I've made that made me who I am today and made me get what I have. All right. Then to have someone want to learn my strategy and say, okay, step in my shoes and do exactly the same thing. When you really think about it, it's kind of crazy to ask that. And honestly, I find it kind of arrogant to ask that as well. So instead of saying, here's my strategy, learn it, and then get out of here, it's here's my strategy. I'm going to teach you how the market works. And what you're going to do is use my strategy as the measuring stick to build your own. So I want to get, tell you a little bit of a story about what I mean by that. I, you know, I'm, I, I think we talked about this last call is I used to bodybuild. You know, I used to be a physique competitor. I was uh, top 20 world ranked in WBFF at one time. So I know my, I know my stuff around that. All right. So when you do a bodybuilding show or a physique show or something like that, it is the hardest thing to do. Not because it's a first time dieting. It's, you know, your first time standing up on stage in front of people. It's because you do not have anything to compare what you're supposed to look like to, all right? However, that second show that you do, third show that you do, you now have these measuring sticks. You can take a look at your first show when you're three weeks out and say, wow, I was way leaner then. I'm three weeks out now. I'm not lean enough. So now I know that I have to make changes moving forward to do that, right? Or say, oh, my last off season, I didn't have big enough shoulders. So now I can focus on prioritizing shoulders for my next show. And so when you have that measuring stick, you now have something to really build off of a foundational approach. And that is what I did. So rather than, you know, and that, that goes to, you know, goes part and parcel with the whole mentor accountability thing. It's, I, I should not be asking you to meet me where I am, right? I should be meeting you where you are, which is why I actually went from group calls, you know, have as many people as possible in the course to just doing one-on-ones. You know, I only care a load of 10 to 15 people for clients because I cannot best serve the people that that sign up with me unless I am talking to them, I am meeting with them, I am learning about their beliefs and values and finding out what they like or what they're good at in the markets, all right? So I had a student last week, um, I had a really good talk with him. I was trying to teach him my way of seeing lower highs and higher lows, et cetera, et cetera. He sent me his homework and I noticed he was marking his highs and lows the exact same every single way. So I said, you know what? why would I try and change his natural inclination on how the markets work if he can do that every time? Because a very important part of trading is, can you repeat the same thing time after time? And can you define it and specify it so that it's very easy to spot out? And so what we've done since then is we've changed the way we see highs and lows to how he naturally leans towards to. And he has just gone from here to here in a matter of five or six days, everything clicked for him. All right. And so I personally, obviously, it's my personally belief is that, you know, your mentor needs to be doing everything in his power, her power to make sure you succeed. All right. You know, there's going to be the odd one that, excuse me, the odd student that just absolutely crushes it, obviously. But every student that ends up crushing it always creates their own way of trading. So my students, my top students that I've had over the last two and a half years, they've all made their own strategy out of the things that I taught them because I have such a simple and uh, uncomplicated approach to the markets. I figured, you know what, if they're going to do that anyways, why don't I just help them? So I teach them my strategy as a measuring stick. They can see my statistics, my metrics. And so when they go and backtest it, they see if they can match it. And then they plug and play their own little way of doing things. And then, then by then they know how to, how to test it. 
And they can see, well, is it better or is it worse? If it's similar or better then yes, by all means, go forward with that way of doing things. And I, I personally believe that, that we can trim down that 95% failure rate quite a bit if we take that kind of approach to it. Now, now what do you do to like sort of make sure that these guys are tracking along along the way? I mean, are, they, are there any things that you've sort of come across where, you know, are quite common that even guys you're doing one-on-ones with, they, they sort of, you know, trip up at this point. And what are those sort of hurdle points that, and I'm guessing a lot of people listening are probably, you know, at that hurdle point or or have stumbled across it themselves. What are they for your the the guys that are common? So that's actually a really good question. So when I deal with trolls on Instagram, I'm going to answer it in the same way. Yeah. My one response is, you are not my target audience. And so how I figure that how I do that is I only help people in my target audience. And there's a specific type of trader that will benefit from this. So if you are a new trader, you're still figuring it out. You haven't been kicked sideways, lost your accounts. You ha- you haven't learned the lessons you need to learn that we all inevitably learn, right? In order for the, the things that allow us to go above and beyond where we are right now, you know, those won't hit the same way. In fact, they might not even be on your radar to begin with until you go through these growing pains that all new traders have to go through. And so when I started out my one-on-ones, uh, a lot of it was simply figuring out who who is the type of person that I can help. All right. And so as I went through, I realized that new traders, they just, those are the ones that kind of after the third or fourth session kind of disappeared. Right. And I said, well, I'm not doing anyone a service if I'm taking my time helping people who who just they don't hear the lesson. So there's a there's a there's a stoic saying, okay, it's called when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. All right. And so how we avoid that, you know, that problem that you just mentioned is we make sure the person joining the program has experienced the things they need to experience so that this, these lessons and these perspective shifts um, will land the way that they're supposed to. Righty ho. Now, on that, on that sort of note, like, I mean, it sounds like obviously people are in different phases and different stages of their Absolutely. journey. I mean, how, how, um, if you had to sort of break it up, like, because I think people listening would be quite intrigued to find out where they are in, yeah. in this, in this, journey i mean what would you sort of like say here are the stages of of a trader i mean maybe not like the whole sort of break even profitable not profit you know that but more from like a psychological or actionable thing that they're actually doing a do you have sort of like a i don't know it might just be off the top of your head or it might be something you've sort of you know written down but like uh if you're doing this you're at this stage in the process and you've got 75 percent to go kind of thing yeah well, you know, I do like before I meet up with anyone, I always have a discovery call. I see where they're at. I have a, certain, a specific set of questions. And from that, I can kind of see what kind of perspective they have on the markets, whether they're a um, it's my fault I'm losing or it's the market's fault I'm losing. But generally what I see when I when I talk to, you know, the people who fit in this in this type of uh, mindset and who are able to be coachable is when they get on, I, I get them to teach me what they know. I get them to sit there. I'm like, okay, show me the strategy you're trading. And honestly, I have been taught by these students the most incredible ways of trading. 
in the amount of times I have said that is a effing great idea or something like that. Right. And so that's kind of the gauge that I use is they get them to explain it to me, but then I start poking the holes. So there's something called the Socratic method of arguing. And if, if you don't know who Socrates is, he's, you know, one of the goats of the philosophical world. And what it's meant to be is it's a way of plugging holes uh, and fixing gaps in an argument. All right. And so that's, a, I, I, I turn it in and I say the Socratic method of trading is I get them to teach me the strategy and I show them where the holes are. And from there, you can kind of gauge their understanding of what they're actually doing. Are they just following, blindly following a set of rules or do they actually understand what they are doing? Right. And from my experience, I probably had, oh my God, I've, I've done quite a few sessions now um, and a little, even more discovery calls is you all know enough that you do not need to know more about trading. The answer to your trading is not found in the charts. It's found in here. It's found here. It's found outside the charts. You have to figure out who you are, where you stand in this world, what you actually want and be authentic about it. And the moment that you start being authentic about it, then those lessons will start to sink, right? All the emotional responses are going to go out the wayside and you'll actually be able to learn. All right. So there isn't really a set of rules. It's more so... Um, I take a look at how the person feels about their trading. You know, how do they feel about them about themselves? Uh, are they are they quick to react? Do they sit and think? Uh, are they argumentative, et cetera, et cetera? A lot of these, a lot of, I don't like putting people in a box, but most of the time, traders who are at similar stages all behave the same way. Right now, obviously, there's going to be minor differences, but yeah. more or less, they all have the same because they've all been taught the same thing. So it's only safe to assume that if you've all been taught the same way, then where you're at up until the point where you finally realize that you don't know anything is it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It just sort of reminds me of um, last night, was it yesterday? Yesterday or two nights ago, I actually bought a golf and I know you're into golf. I bought a golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, like a swing thing so so my golf like over the last two decades has been absolutely atrocious it keeps getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> and then it just turned a corner in the last like uh three or four months right and mm -hmm. i started getting better again and i don't know i don't know why i started getting better other than just not caring and just trying to hit the yep. ball right and then mm -hmm. i thought and then i played last weekend had an absolute shocker couldn't hit anything until the 17th hole last two holes were good and I'd sort of just said, oh, let's just hit the ball again. And anyway, <laughs> long story short, um, I ended up uh, buying this course because I was like, you know, here's how to hit a clean shot and blah, blah, blah. So I bought the course, started watching it, and the guy's going through everything. Like everyone seems to think, and it sounds like similar to what you're saying, everyone's taught and the common sort of sayings, the common rules, it's all wrong. And he's saying it's it all is. wrong. You've got it all wrong. This is what you should be doing. And he's like in literally two minutes showed mm -hmm. you the difference between what you are doing with a golf swing and what you should be doing with a golf swing and, and given a simple like two-step technique. And I'm like, oh, my word. It's, it's almost like when I learned to play tennis many, many years ago, I went to see a professional tennis coach just on the off chance. I didn't pay for it. A mate had paid for it. He said, jump on, I'm knackered. And the guy said, no, no, you do this. You brush the ball. I'm like, why has no one ever told me this before? It's, it <laughs> yeah. was like, and I started That's exactly the, the same thing. 
Yeah, and I was like 40 years old, and it's like, well, this is too too late for me to start playing tennis again. But um, it sounds like, yeah, exactly the same thing. It's just these sort of completely different perspective shifts. Now, one thing I did want to ask was, sometimes people get it, and like I've been a culprit of this as well, where they're going along, and I've finally got it, I've had a profitable week, and then things start to curve off. You start to slightly adjust things. You don't know what you're Mm -hmm. doing. And then all of a sudden you're back to square one again and things mm-hmm. are veered back to like, you know, not, you know, you're having an unprofitable week or you've just, just broken even. Have you had any mm-hmm. guys come through or girls come through that, that have that kind of behavior and how have you been able to tackle that to get them back on track again? Uh, it's, it, I go back to data, you know, at the end of the day, it numbers, numbers will not lie if you have a big enough sample size. Right. And so when you, when you, when you're creating your strategy, you're creating a set of rules. You know, we back test to create, you know, we get in the markets. We just, we fool around. Uh, I'm just going to tell you new traders right now. If you don't have a strategy, uh, stop trading live because you're just going to make your progress take that much longer. All right. Press the uh, brake pedal for a few months. And that by the time you're ready, you will leap forward to where you would have been otherwise Um, is in order to kind of mitigate those issues is you have to have that data, but in order to collect the data, you have to have a set of rules, a set of parameters that are, that are, are algorithmic, right? Meaning that it's this or that. When you take a look at a lot of strategies, there is so much gray area in there, right? It's, you know, for how to determine direction, you have six different ways. It's like, well, if it does this, it's going to be this. If it does this, it's going to be this. Well, there's only two ways it can go up and down. So, Find your parameter there, right? For entry, they're like, well, if I have a, a pin bar in this area, I can take an entry or in golfing here, if I break this structure, just pick one, all right? Same with exit. And because in order to collect the most accurate data you can, you have to take a massive sample size. I have a few thousand trades to work off of at this point, right? So my sample size, my data is pretty solid. Um, but you know, new traders who are kind of coming into it, you know, t- back testing 100 trades is tedious and it's boring, but it needs to be done. Uh, but most people don't do it because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. But the things that people aren't doing, well, it's the reason you're not succeeding yet. Yeah. And so when you go back to your strategy, you have, if you have all these different parameters that you can follow for all these different steps, well, you are now needing to trade or, or test, um, you know, three to the power of nth, whatever, um, for your strategy. So if you have three steps, your strategy, you have five ways to perform each step. Well, now you're three to the power of five. I think that's like 245 or something like that is what the number ends up being. You now have two, 245 different sets of parameters that you need to get data on, right? Because if you do one way for, for step one and do another way for step two yeah. in one trade, and then you do another way for step two in the next trade, well, you're trading two completely different strategies at this point, all right? And so what we need to do is we need to realize that our edge in trading, right, in regards to the problem you addressed in anything, it's not about, it, it's not what gives us a huge ROI. It's not how many trades we get in a day. The edge is, is, is it's the rules themselves, all right? And within those rules, we have two things, okay? We have two subsets of edges. We have the strategic edge and we have the edge of execution. All right. And so strategic edge are things that directly impact your PL. You know, it's like, okay, well, where do you take profit? Do you hold or do you take partials along the way? Right. Those things, the moment that you enact them or change them, your PL will change. Now, the edge of execution execution is indirectly 
uh, going to affect your PL. And in fact, I believe it's more, more important. Um, it is simply creating a set or a system of trading that you can repeat and do every single time. So if you have those three ways, your direction, entry, exit, and you only have one way of determining direction, one way of determining your entry, one way of determining your exit, you have now created an algorithmic pro process where it's either this or that, right? There is no in-between. It's like, if you don't get this, it's this. If you don't get, get this, it's this. And so from that, you can now create or not so much create, you can find the data that supports those underlying assumptions. Uh, and then you can start using that as you go live and finding your perspective, right? Data will give you that perspective when you're in the market. So you have a good profitable week. Well, you got to go address and say, okay, did I overperform? Did I underperform? And the only way to do that is to look at your historical data. And the best way to do to have historical data is to get as many trades that follow those rules as possible. And in order to do that, you need to have a very simple step-by-step -step approach. You can't have multiple rules for every step of the way. Now, now, last question before we wrap this thing up and we'll wait two more questions. Um, this <laughs> question is around the back testing on getting that data. I mean, what do you what's your recommendation around that given the fact you know you've got you know thousands of instruments you could be trading uh some data may work good on you know if you if you say tested like a hundred on one market and then you go off and they go well that works i'm going to trade all the markets now mm -hmm. um and then you find that oh it doesn't work and then you go well maybe i should have tested all the markets how do you sort of help people get over that hurdle of indecision around or losing confidence in the data that they actually collect so the pro it's about that less is more, right? Uh, we have to decide, you know, what is necessary to do what we want with trading, but also what is enough, right? And you have to have a really good perspective on the realities and the expectations of what a strategy can do in the market, which is up to the person who teaches you. Everything that it comes down to is your mentor. Are they preparing you properly? Are you having to figure stuff out on your own that you wouldn't have to otherwise if the mentor prepared properly, right? And so, yeah, it's... It, it's, you know, the reason why we try more markets is because we want more, but you have to think, do you necessarily need more? And I was guilty of that, you know, as a beginning trader, I wanted to make a million dollars a year. I am, I am not a millionaire right now, right? But I accepted the fact that what I have is enough. I don't need more. And I'm living in Spain, living the dream. And you don't need a lot, right? And that's one of the greatest culprits to your success is thinking that you just need to go more and more and more. It's like, no, it's, it's, you only need a few percent a month because it's not about having more return for your trades. Really at the end of the day, it's about how big is your friggin' account? All right. You want to get that account to a point where one trade pays for your monthly bills, right? Which means you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to have a plan to get it there. All right. And so to figure out the backtesting dilemma, it, it really comes down to that. It's, it's what's enough, all right? If you have something that works really well on one instrument, how can you make it so you only need to do that for that thing? Don't make anything harder or more complicated than it needs to be at the end of the day. Because trading, I, I, I'm going to sound like an asshole for this, but trading is not hard. Trading is actually very, very simple. Uh, we make it impossible though because of of, of we're humans. It's just we're, how we yeah. do things, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, it reminds me, like in terms of the back testing, it reminds me of a couple of things where, um, like one, uh, one is I've seen, like you know, 
people come to me with back tests and say, Hey, look, this thing, this thing works. Here are the rules. Uh, I've then automated it and found mm-hmm. that like, Oh, well, you didn't actually factor that this and the other thing into the, like they missed out the, the mm-hmm. actual setups that the automated bot didn't miss because it's like, well, you told me to do this. I'm going to take the trade. It's like you exactly. missed those trades or, or it worked over a short period of time when the market obviously liked those trades. But then when you went back further in history, all of a sudden the thing fell apart and yeah. it was only just working in that period of time. It just happened to be the period they backtested over. The yes. other one, which is an idea for people is, uh, and another friend of mine said this, like he gets somebody else to actually give him a market and a date to start from. And he's got to yeah. take a hundred trades in a back test in that period. That. So it could be some random market. Love that. And and if it and then just notes down the results and it and it might be that like the strategy is not robust over that market or that mm-hmm. it does work and it gives you gives them more confidence. So another thing that people could potentially try with either I suppose that they're, they're, you know, get their kid to do it or get their partner to do it or just do some random thing on the internet. Man, I might, I might even chuck something up on trading that so that people could go, here's your, here's your <laughs> random back test challenge. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, that, so that was the second to last question. The last question is, is it, what have I not asked you that you wanted to share today? Oh my God. Or is there, have, or have you managed to sh- let us know everything you wanted to get out? Mm. Off the top of my head, um, I'm just going to say this and, you know, you can put me under the microscope as well. If you're a student of mine or want to become a student of mine, whatever is, you know, take a look at, you know, what your mentor is actually doing for you. Is it making you feel good or is it actually making you good? And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more or less referring to, you know, the hype right? The excitement, you know, it's, you, you get those group chats and you get everybody riled up with the memes and everything, but trading doesn't require that. Trading needs to be as quiet and calm as this conversation here. You know, trading is not emotional, right? It's not about excitement. It's not about getting hyped up, right? In fact, you need to be the opposite. And this is why I, I dive into stoicism so much because it creates that grounding when it comes to trading. And, uh, Really go and take a look at social media, you know, um, because social media is at the end of the day, it's such a huge factor in our lives. You know, we bought it. It is how we run our lives, right? It's how we communicate. It's how we find the things that we do. I mean, this is on social media right now. That's how you're listening to this. And so what you have to take a look at is um, your, if you hire someone and you do everything you're supposed to do then, and you do, are still not finding success and that person is not trying to help you, then find someone else. And you can usually locate those people by the things that they post and what they do. You know, there's a lot of, there's a difference between problem aware content and uh, content that just makes you feel good. That gets you psyched, you know, it does a hashtag facts, hashtag truth and stuff like that. You know, you see the moody, low exposure reels that, you know, have the motivational quotes, well, motivation, and inspiration, they're useless, right? They, they're fleeting, right? If, if you only do stuff when something else makes you feel like you need to do it, then you're only going to move the needle when that happens. And that's where we dive into, well, are you actually becoming good or do you just feel good? And so being able to make that distinction 
all comes down to the person that you are looking up to in order to trade. Uh, the very last thing before we go is I want to touch upon just one more huge perspective shift. Okay. Now I have coached so many people by this point. I had, you know, I can't even remember how many were in my first co first course. I've had a revolving door since I started launching my mentorship. You know, it's it's like three months. So every three months we get new people going in. And the biggest mistake that new traders are making is they're trading live too soon. And this is why I know this for a fact. So if we take the markets about 20, 30 years ago, uh, in order to trade the markets, whether it's Forex, whether it's stocks and dices, crypto wasn't a thing back then. So we won't worry about that is you, we didn't even have cell phones that could do that. So the barrier for entry for that was much more difficult. If you wanted to, to be a trader, what did you do? You had to go to post-secondary school, uh, university, college. You had to at least get an accreditation or a certificate. Uh, you could not go and trade live money right away. You had to work as an intern, as an associate, et cetera, et cetera. It probably took about five or six years for you to actually you know, be on your own to trade, You know, maybe minimum two or three, if you went to a specific tech school. So why is it that we think that nowadays, just because we have access to it, just by opening up our phones, that we are going to be able to do it without taking the proper steps? So remember that, all right? This, do you really think that in, 19, in the 1990s, the failure rate of the trade of the uh, Harvard, you know, Brown educated Ivy League people were going to the markets, do you think there's a 95% failure rate no, there? There, No, absolutely not, because the barrier for entry was completely different. So what we have to do is we have to think, well, what's changed, right? Mm. It's us. It's our access to it. So the moment that you realize that these guys who are having to go through these steps to do the same thing you're doing now, um, and they're having a low failure rate, well, maybe you start walking that same path. Do not trade live right away. Get your strategy. Get that data develop the habits and the patterns, test it live, then you'll be ready. It'll happen sooner than you think if you just take your goddamn time. Yeah. That is great <laughs> advice to wrap up on. And I think, folks, you're probably going to want to rewind this, watch it a few times. There's, it's packed full of useful nuggets. And even I didn't catch all of them, so I'm probably going to have to do the same. <laughs> Tyler, look, thanks for coming back on the show. It's been fantastic. I now, loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Before we wrap up, what, what's the best way for folks to find you and get hold of you? Well, at my Instagram tag, um, that is probably the best way because uh, I'm still using my old um, email and Instagram kicked me off in August because of scammers. You guys all know those fake accounts that keep popping up about the Forex guys. You know, you have trading nut or trading nu.t and it starts asking people for money. I had that happen to me. They got my old account taken down. Had a ton of followers, start, had to start from scratch, but allowed me to recalibrate and redo everything, what we're doing now. So it's at your Forex Mechanic on Instagram. And yeah, just hit me up on there. Give me a follow, whatever. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to talk to you and maybe see if we can get you where you need to be. Awesome. Well, look, folks, a big thank you to Tyler for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with those links he's just mentioned, uh, are going to be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Tyler in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Tyler. Now, you do want to probably hit that one on repeat, download it, listen to it again sometime in the future. So many nuggets in there. Now, if you do want more from Tyler, then we did shoot a video afterwards where he takes you through his trading strategy. And one of the biggest mistakes 
mistakes you're probably going to make backtesting any strategy that you come up with. In fact, it's probably the reason why you hate backtesting if you do. So that is coming up on the YouTube channel. So head over there, links underneath the video or pod. Folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching wherever you are. And we'll see you in the next one.